Hello out there, bibliophiles, and welcome to another episode of Drew Archives in 10. I'm Andrew Salvati, adjunct professor of media and communications at Drew University, and I am here in the archives in the conference room with Candace Riley, manager of special collections. Candace, how are you doing today? Doing great. How's well, the semester going? It's going. It's going good. It's going. It's going <laughs> it's good. Going, it's going. Um, and yeah. right now, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, I was just saying I'm excited to talk about this uh, spooky artifact we have today. Yeah, so I'm looking at it right here in front of me. This is uh, a bound volume, uh, fairly well-worn. Uh, without knowing much about it, I would say, oh, well, you know, opening the, the cover here, I see it's 1830s. Um, but it has, it is, it's a manuscript, all handwritten, and it is written in this really spidery, sort of creepy, I think is the word that you used, uh, hand. And it says that it's a book of sermons, the mm -hmm. outlines of sermons and miscellaneous observations, uh, volume second. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was a first at one point. There was, and it's by um, John Rabbi. John Rabbi, yes. There it is. So the reason that um, this book was, was purchased a few years ago was not because of the sermons, even though it's nice to have a lovely collection yeah. of Methodist sermons. The reason that we bought this was because of the ghost stories. So what is really fascinating about this manuscript is the way that it is organized. So the current part that you have open with that spidery nice yeah. script, those are the ghost stories. Ah. So it's about 11 pages um, written in a pretty clean hand, yeah. but it's a different hand than the rest of the volume. So okay, I'm at, I'm at page 10 now, page 10. so let's see. So I think it continues okay. maybe a couple more pages. I could have been mistaken of how long it was. But it is then going to flip upside down. If I can remember correctly. Or I could have had it upside down. Ah, here ah, we go. Is. Okay. So it seems like somebody started at one end. Mm-hmm. So this I was wrong. So this before bit, those were the sermons. Okay. This is the ghost story. This is the ghost story. So the ghost story is a very short part of it. But you can see if you flipped to the other cover and you turn some pages, this is an index. Um, but past the index, which is lovely that someone yeah, has an index for a manuscript. Like, well done. I always tell myself I'm going to do that with my own journals. And it just, and never, just never happens. But <laughs> follow John Rabbi. He did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then you get into these remarkable spirit writing ghost apparition stories. And that's what I think was so exciting about this magnitude. It's that it kind of has this like secret inclusion. <laughs> so a couple years ago, after we purchased this manuscript, um, within the paleography class that I taught back in 2019 in the fall, which I'm teaching again this coming fall, my students are going to get the same passage to then transcribe. This is on what the ghost writing's about. Yeah. So it's, this entire tale of these apparition stories that happened in England, primarily in Epworth, and why it's important to them, someone to include this in the sermons. There's a lot of questions a researcher can ask. Why was this added? Why yeah. was it added almost upside down? Is the hand the same? It's definitely not, as you can see. Who are the people within here? Why was it important to include this? So it's a great project i think for a thesis because you can really understand or try to understand the importance of these apparition tellings 
And I have a transcription um, that a student a few years ago did, which oh, great. is pretty great. So I'm going to read a little bit from Sarah Churchill's description, okay. a transcription. The following remarkable apparition story was related by the Luke um, Mr. Peter Mill on his deathbed. Mr. Mill commenced his interim labors in 1774 and died at Hull April 20th, 1800, aged 55 years old. Man of piety, and he was stationed at Epworth in Lincolnshire. In 1753, the friend at whose house the preachers lodged at, the village, died during that year. And then Mr. Mill was stationed in that circuit. So if we break it apart, Mr. Mill was a Methodist preacher mm-hmm. doing his circuit in England at that time. So that's why we understand it makes kind of sense for the rest of the manuscript. It's both Methodist related. So that's why we have these then Methodist stories of this ghost encounter happening here as well. Very soon after the death of Mr. Mill, the house was haunted and the inmates greatly disturbed by strange noises in the nighttime. The report of this disturbance was soon noised abroad. It came um, for his turn to visit Carol and the lodge at the house. They did not believe in the existence of apparitions, but he was fully persuaded, however, in his own mind that the apparition by whose agency the house at was Carol, who was disturbed and was possessed of flesh and bones, a mischievous ghost in a human body. So it goes on and on to talk about the disturbances. Um, There's an old window in the house that they see a woman kind of at and how people are very scared to be sleeping kind of in this bed and breakfast house because they keep hearing things move about, creaking floorboards. People are seeing these like figments of people, um, a lot of noises, people looking behind them and examining something and nobody's there. So what we normally think of like these supernatural occurrences and agencies, but written down in a 19th century Mm -hmm. diary. So do we know if Rabbe wrote all of this himself? Don't know. Research has yet to be done. For right. It. So, just so kind of yeah, exciting. two different hands. But I mean, one could imagine that someone develops or cultivates a different hand for mm-hmm. different it, projects. It, it, it could have absolutely yeah. been Robbie. It could have been someone could have later bound it together. Um, okay. So And then added that in. It could have just been someone he was working with that then saw those empty pages and decided to fill it up. I would love to know what the other volumes were like. Unfortunately, we only have volume two of John Robbie's works. So what if there was another ghost story in volume one or volume three, if there was one, how interesting it would be to see if this was a common thing that he included, but it's interesting to kind of see this. If you were even just a a scholar of Methodist history, why was this, these stories of ghosts and apparitions included? Along with sermons, so th- mm-hmm. this is this is my my journal for metaphysical explorations and spiritual ones. Right? Mm-hmm. But it does connect also to Christianity. Um, mm-hmm. So besides the ghosts and the apparitions, then you have delusions of Satan that there is no reality, no assurance in the religion of Christ, and his soul has gone to hell. So they're then trying to analyze kind of why this person, why this ghost is here. Is it? Related to God, Satan, oh, I what have okay. you. So they're trying to break it apart, break it down. So it's really interesting, a really interesting manuscript. Mm-hmm. I love showing the students, especially around Halloween time. We had it out in our summer exhibit on um, decoding monstrosity. Okay, because yeah. People often think that ghosts are spooky, which they often are as monstrous creatures. So we have a whole section of the exhibit on ghosts and apparitions and spiritual manifestations. And this is a wonderful telling of that. What the rest of the bit of the manuscript kind of details is that then all these stories were told on this man's deathbed. 
so that it's like this was kind of like their final confession, which was okay. saying, I believe I saw this happen, I believe it. And then this person who was writing this down is kind of like further promoting what this person is saying. Okay. It's interesting. Some poetry in here as well. It's in a way um, a manuscript type that people often talk about as miscellanies, um, mm -hmm. so that they're just this uh, collaboration of different types of material. You have sometimes recipes, herbals, um, okay. ghost stories, sermons. It can think of it as your own journal at home. It right. can be like everything you're writing down, but maybe everything doesn't have a specific theme. Mm -hmm. People often call it like a commonplace, commonplace book. Commonplace book. Yep. Right. Yeah, I've heard that before. Okay. So you have a little bit of everything in this. Um, but we do have other examples in our collection of other commonplace books. But there's one where you, you talk about like a recipe for soup and another recipe for gunpowder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at a, uh, a spread right now, two pages. One is right side up. The other one is upside down. Yeah. So there's some integration here, too. And he does write in the gutter, as you can see as well, using up um, the gutter of kind of other pages, of mm -hmm. using up all the space possible. So he's finishing yeah. a thought. All paginated. Mm-hmm. A very organized. What an organized guy. I'm envious. <laughs> So is this, uh, this is an ongoing project of uh, transcription via one page, or has this not been touched yet? This has not been uploaded on From the Page yet. We're okay, doing from that the, from, from the, the page. page. Yep. <laughs> um, so, but will be fully digitized shortly. Okay. It's on the list um, at the top of the queue, and we already have some transcriptions done of the ghost story bit, but the rest of it has not been looked at at all. Okay. So that, to me, is a really promising endeavor because what if other ghost bits are included that we just don't know about or the bookseller missed as well which can definitely happen so i think this would be a really fun one for um all of our listeners to do it from the page you can see his script is is not that bad and once you get used to it it's your your eye becomes trained to understand the script yeah i feel like you're looking at it and you're like no i cannot see this well i'm actually looking at it <laughs> upside, upside down, down right now yeah. <laughs> but no i no I, I yeah it's it's not that bad um i've you know handled some 19th century manuscripts that are far far well saying far worse doesn't really sell it but yeah that, that are indecipherable <laughs> at least to me so this this is certainly not yeah and i'd love to hear people's theories on why um they think the ghost bit was included yeah so I hope people enjoy transcribing John Rabbi's manuscript. Um, I would love to read more of his work. Yeah, I think I would too. Uh, this is, yeah, I would love to hear uh, student theories as to uh, why these various genres were collected within this single volume and uh, a little bit of an analysis of perhaps Rabbi's analysis of these ghost stories and their uh, metaphysical meaning. Mm-hmm. A definitely fun Halloween project for our students I think there. so. Yeah. I think so. So it's a great item to uh, kick off the, the fall with. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks so much for sharing this with us, Candace. Sure. That's our show. To take a look at some of the materials we've discussed on this and other episodes of Drew Archives in 10, head on over to the Special Collections and University Archives website at drew.edu forward slash library forward slash S-C-U-A. You can also check out images of some of the materials at the Drew University Participatory Archives at dupaarchive.org. That's D-U-P-A-R-C-H-I-V-E dot org. There's a lot of great stuff there, and the collection is growing every week, so I hope you check it out. 
That's it for now. And remember, you can now find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So if you like the show, give us a follow. If you love us, share us with a friend or consider leaving us a rating and review. We'd love to know what you think. So for myself, Dr. Andrew Salvati, and for Candice Riley, Manager of Special Collections, we'll see you next time on Drew Archives in 10.